On today's episode of the All Things Bama podcast, Austin and Katie dive into what they're up to in the slow summer on the Alabama beat. The two go in-depth on what to expect from Alabama football this season and finish with a new segment, Question of the Week. This is the All Things Bama podcast, a part of the Bama Central Broadcast Network. Welcome to the All Things Bama podcast, a part of the Bama Central Broadcast Network. I am your host, Austin Hannon. So this is a little weird. Um, I'm alongside Katie Windham. Um, it's been a while since since we've been on the podcast airwaves here. Um, obviously, you'll remember the All Things Bama podcast from, from all the great memories back in the day when it was us two. And then, of course, Joey Blackwell and Mason Smith. We always, we had the funny moments in New Orleans. Um, there, there was a lot of there were a lot of memories on that podcast. Uh, but now you, it's just me and Katie. You've just got the two of us. Um, it's June 20th um, when you're listening to this, 2023. Um, now softball and baseball have been over here for a, a couple weeks. Uh, we're into the College World Series for baseball. Obviously, Oklahoma, to nobody's surprise, won the Women's College World Series out in Oklahoma City. Um, and so we, we've hit the void here, Katie. We're here in the, in the sportsless, long summer um, in between the diamond sports ending and of course you know Nick Saban and the football team getting going in in August and September uh, so it's quiet around here it's quiet um, we don't know how often we'll be releasing these podcasts throughout the rest of the summer uh, but you've got one right now Katie what, what have you been up to the, these last few weeks out here in the in the quiet times of Tuscaloosa yeah, you know, you say the I don't I can't remember you said something about the long, long summer, but really we're already less than a month away from SEC Media Days, which really once that starts, it all kicks back off, and then you know, really, um, I think the sports start back up with soccer and volleyball in August before football's first game. Um, but the last couple of weeks, you know, since um getting back from Oklahoma City, uh, it's been nice to not have to travel. I did not go with you and Will up to um, Winston-Salem for baseball. I'm so kind of just been managing things from home. Um, but, you know, there also is still stuff going on. The NBA draft will be this week, and it could yep. be a pretty – I mean, it will be a big night for Alabama regardless. Brandon Miller and Noah Clowney both expected to go first round. Um, or Brandon Miller for sure, Noah Clowney, uh, you know, most people think, think that. And then there's – a chance Charles Bediaco gets drafted as well. Um, you would hope for his sake that he does since he decided to remain in the draft. Um, and so that would be a really big night for Alabama basketball if they were able to have three guys drafted. So there's still stuff going on, but it is nice to have a little bit of a slowdown as um, beat reporters that do cover the diamond sports as well. Cause we kind of have, we're kind of in go, go, go mode from August until June. If, if the diamond sports <laughs> progress like they did this year. And so um it kind of takes up all your weekends, but that's that's the gig of sports, and so it's fun. But it's also nice to have uh, a little bit of rest and downtime over the next couple weeks. Yeah, you uh, mentioned it. I'm not sure the last time that Alabama basketball has had two people drafted in the first round. Um, that would be have that be a, that would be a Google thing that that we would have to do. Um, but yeah, it could be a big night. Brandon Miller looking like it's going to be Charlotte um, at number two overall, which would be a very cool thing. I tweeted it out about a month ago um, that, you know, the kind of the two faces of this athletic program could be in the same city in Charlotte with Bryce Young and, and Brandon Miller next year. Um, as rookies kind of leading those two franchises forward, it would be really cool. Um, and I, it's kind of weird. I don't know if they know each other, uh, obviously, but I, I'm sure they've, they've definitely at least been in a little bit of contact 
um, especially with how Bryce Young used to talk about how he liked to play basketball in his downtime. So um, that would be really cool. Uh, we talked about Noah Clowney, obviously Charles Bediaco, which who knows? I mean, that, that's an interesting one. I mean, we both covered the basketball team all season and kind of saw him grow into the player he became in, into March Madness and into that SEC tournament. And um, it was definitely surprising. I mean, I don't think either of us thought he was going to be leaving the team. He kind of felt like a guy that was going to be back. Um, but that happened. You've got Nate Oates losing all of his assistants. Um, basketball team is going to be, it's going to be interesting next year. You know, they've got a few transfers and um, they got some talented guys coming in, but you lose all those coaches, you lose all that talent. There's going to be a lot of turnover. And I don't think the expectation should be, I mean, I saw some people arguing about it on Twitter the other day about how this, you know, that, which they got Grant Nelson, we think, right. I mean, I was actually going to bring that up. Um, do we know, like, do we know if he's in, like, it looked like Joe Tipton said, that he was, but we never really got official word from Grant. It's been like over a week now since that, and it, it's been very quiet. I, I don't know. I assume I it, it, it looks like he's playing for Alabama next year. But yeah, it's my understanding. I think it's just more, more logistical academic stuff that has to be worked out before he can be officially. Because, yeah, obviously Tipton's a pretty accurate guy when it comes to that kind of stuff. He doesn't put stuff out there if it's not um, true in, in basketball. And so – and, you know, it had been that that stuff all came out on Monday. But the week before that, all leading up to that weekend, it, everyone had been saying he was going to commit that weekend, you know, either to Alabama or Arkansas after doing his official visits. And then Friday passed, Saturday passed, Sunday passed, nothing. And then that came out Monday. And then there still hasn't been any sort of like official announcement. So I think um, <clears throat> from my understanding, it's just some maybe some academic ends that need to be tied up before it can be made official. Baseball, softball, you talked about it. Um, myself and you both kind of wrote it out um, with the two programs. Obviously, you've been doing softball for a while. That's kind of your thing and have done a great job at it. They kind of surprised people. Um, I, I think you told me you didn't think that they were going to make it to OKC this year. Um, when you did think they had a chance last year and you kind of flip-flopped and um, they ended up making it and obviously didn't go so well that uh, – up, down, I don't know what you even call it, Oklahoma. I mean, I guess it's up technically out there in the Midwest. <laughs> west, yeah, just west. Uh, but we saw the exit of Montana Fouts for the final time. You know, that'll, that's a big change. I mean, we're talking about all this change, um, not only within Bama Central, but, I mean, we're seeing a lot of the athletic program's biggest faces, I mean, all leaving at the same time. Like I mentioned, Bryce Young, Brandon Miller, Montana Fouts, um, Colby, <laughs> Colby Shelton, uh, so these are these are all talented people that um, very well known that are, are no longer going to be going to be around next year. So it's going to be taking a lot of get used to um, baseball. Obviously, season ended in the Super Regional, as you mentioned, me and Will were out there um, for what was a productive but unsuccessful weekend for the baseball team. Obviously, they kind of let one slip away um, in that game one against the Demon Deacons maybe didn't get the right calls, maybe some bad umpiring, um, but there there was nothing that the umpires could do the second day when Wake Forest beat them by 17 runs and kind of established themselves as the best team in the country. And now they're in the winner's bracket in Omaha, and I fully expect them to win the national championship. So if that's the case, you know, how bad is that? Losing to the eventual national champion in the Super Regional. Um, obviously, everything went down. Rob Vaughn, new head coach. There's more, there's more change. We're talking about a lot of change. There's more... Uh, new baseball coach in town. Jason Jackson stays on staff. And then it's it's 75 days until football season, Katie. I mean, you kind of talked about it 
we finished up this and it seems like, you know, on June 20th, we're so far out into the, you know, into space where there's nothing going on. And uh, it feels like forever until football comes around, but it's really not. Uh, we'll be up in Na- there you go. I got it that time up in Nashville um, for SEC media days. Always fun to go up there. Um, as a lot of people know, it's where I'm from. So I always enjoy getting to go up there. Got to go up there and watch Alabama win uh, the men's SEC tournament. And now we'll be back up there in, in, in about a month from today, actually, um, I believe Alabama will be speaking at the podium. So um, what do we expect from that? Uh, do you have any guesses on who you think the student athletes will be that will be joining Saban up in Nashville? Yeah, it's kind of question. a lot of the um, guys who were kind of like media regulars last year. And so mm-hmm. obviously there's not going to be any quarterback brought. Um, no, no. I would expect there there's going to be some sort of party line delivered at SEC media days about who the quarterback is or who it will be, um, because there will be no answer about who it will be at SEC media days. Um, so I wouldn't necessarily be surprised if it's one of the running backs, you yeah. know, either um, Roydell or Jace. Like as far as their position on the team and how long they've been in the program, it would make sense. I could see Ja'Cory Brooks. Yeah, I, I I'd say Jaquari Brooks is a is a pretty good bet. Um, on honestly, I don't know how often they bring kickers, but just how long will Rikers <laughs> yeah. in the program? Yeah. He's a pretty well spoken guy. Dallas Turner. It surprised me him deciding to come back for his fifth year. Dallas Turner is a good candidate on defense. I don't like I'm more kind of like, think, like they would. Yeah, guy. I don't feel like they would do Kool Aid. I don't. I don't. I mean, potentially, I think he's definitely one of the yeah. leaders of the team this year, but. Um, just in terms of a media relations standpoint. Yeah, he's not one of the like best <laughs> talkers on the team, but sometimes that's that's what they want. They don't want somebody that's gonna get up there and start right, right. viewing stuff. So Will Riker, um, that's an interesting one. Yeah, I it it, it I think it'll kind of be um I, I, there I think there's a good chance it could be an offensive lineman. JC Latham's a pretty good um talker and you know, he's probably going to be a starter. And so Seth McLaughlin's, I think, a guy they have a lot of trust in. It wouldn't surprise me. Based on the fact that we don't know who the quarterback will be and we know for sure a quarterback will not be at SEC Media Days, it would not surprise me if they have an offensive lineman. Offensive linemen are not normally people's most favorite to talk to, not because they're not good guys or interesting. It's just their position can be a little tougher to ask questions about. And most fans – don't as much want to hear what the guys who are really doing all the hard work have to say. Right? They, they want to know what the skill players have to say. Um, so it'll be interesting because it kind of has been a, you know, um, Saban had, he spoke at um, his own charity golf tournament. And then there was a ribbon cutting for a Nick's kid's house a couple weeks ago, but he, he wasn't at the region's traditions golf tournament this summer. And so he really, you know, this you talk about this being a dead time the summer truly is a dead time as far as football availability where especially this offseason there can be so much speculation about quarterback and stuff like that but there really is no direct talking to Saban or the players unless you're like a big media company like ESPN or something like that I have a huge platform but other than that uh you you there won't be any um interviews on the beat with Saban I don't think until we get to SEC media days in about a month yeah it's uh it's coming I mean it's a month away and 
SEC media has, has always been an interesting one for me. I mean, growing up as a kid, um, college football is always kind of my thing. Like that was like my favorite sport always. Um, it, it's kind of changed here and there since, but SEC media days was always kind of like the benchmark for like, okay, like, whereas like the spring game, it's like, okay, this is fun and cool, but it's April. Like I don't need to be getting excited about this, like rainy, like practice scrimmage game at Bryant Denny when like, none of this even matters like none of these guys that are even playing well might even be on the team might even be playing we don't even know uh, but when sec media days comes around it's kind of like okay like we're getting really close and you get mm-hmm. you can kind of feel the energy from um, not just saving in alabama but just i mean the whole conference and um i've actually never been to sec media day so this will be the first time i've done that um i was i was gonna go last year with the cw but i ended up going on a i was on a vacation during the week of it and um didn't make it so that one was in atlanta i mean it's been it's been in birmingham like my whole life and then these last two years they've decided to switch it up and and move it around so um yep nashville tennessee the 17th through the 20th that'll be very exciting myself katie um i believe joe gaither will be with us blake byler will be with us um and we'll bring you all the coverage at that uh but just in terms of football katie i mean we saw the schedule for 24 uh we can talk about that in a minute but just this and, that, and I mean, now that that's kind of the sport that's on their horizon, obviously you've got uh, the other fall sports warming up and soccer and volleyball will be starting in August and stuff like that. But football's kind of got, you know, it's the next step on the platform. It's, hey, we we did the basketball thing. They had a great year. Baseball, softball, that's all over. We kind of roll back into football season. And um, so just expectations. I mean, what do we think? What do we I mean, are we expecting another playoff list year? I mean, are they, I mean the, with the quarterback stuff and. I mean, there's talented players on both sides of the ball, but I think, and I've heard a lot of national people kind of say it as, has there been this many question marks, you know, going into an Alabama football season in a long time? Yeah, that's the hard thing. It's, there's so many question marks, but you ask what expectations are. I mean, expectations are always going to be for Alabama to be in the college football playoff. And I don't think that's unfair, unreasonable. I mean, looking at preseason, not like, Obviously, preseason polls haven't come out yet, but some of the preseason publications, magazines that come out, um, all of them have Alabama in the top five, and that's like literally not knowing who the quarterback's going to be. But then, you know, you look at last year's team that had Bryce Young and Will Anderson returning. Bryce was the reigning Heisman winner at that point. You think, like, for sure that team's making the playoff. Winning the national championship. Yeah. more than likely winning the national championship and that team doesn't even make the playoff. And it's kind of crazy if you go back and look at, you know, those two losses to Tennessee and LSU. And if, uh, last year as a whole was just weird. I was thinking so about crazy. that the other day about yeah. it's the Texas game because we were, when I was looking at an email about, you know, kind of previewing some of the opponents for this year, thinking about how crazy that Texas game was that Bryce had to make the last minute drive. Will Riker had, had to have the game winning kick, you know, Almost as time is expiring. They're one play away from losing to AM. Um, the Arkansas game got a little crazy for a little bit after yeah. Bryce oh, yeah. came out. Um, but then the LSU game, you know, you what the offense didn't score a touchdown until the fourth quarter, and you have Bryce Young as quarterback. It's just there was it was it almost like flip flop back and forth between this game, the offense is gonna do good, and the defense isn't. Or like vice versa, because you know even the Iron Bowl this year, I believe Auburn had over three hundred rushing yards, um, and the defense just couldn't stop them. And so this past season was just weird overall. But I think there also are so many small little things in that that Tennessee game. You know, you think Alabama, um, you know, has the lead with what thirty seconds left, and Tennessee gets the ball, and 
Al or Alabama has the ball at the Tennessee like 35 first down with yes. hour, uh, less than a minute left and throws the ball three times and misses, misses the, field the field goal. goal. And yep. so there's and, and then that LSU game, you know, it goes to so there's so many little things you go back and look at that season, and that team could have made the playoff, probably should have made the playoff, but they didn't, could have, should have, would have, you know. And so I, I think this year, even with the question marks, that's still gonna meet the expectation, and it's kind of crazy. That's just what um you know, Saban has said at Alabama, if they don't make the playoff and don't win the national championship this year, it will be the longest streak at Alabama under Saban of not winning a title three years because they didn't win his first two years, but they won in 09, didn't win the next year, but then won the next two. So then um, you had a gap in 13, 14 with no title, but then won in 15, didn't win in 16, but won in 17, didn't win in 18 or 19, but won in 20. So you've never had more than a two-year gap, which is just insane, really. I mean, there's been no other – run like this college football history but if you don't win this year it will be a three-year gap because obviously georgia's won the last two and so it's almost like it's kind of silly to say alabama's do but in a way they are <laughs> i don't think this is necessarily the personnel that you would think compared to the last two teams that would you know um lead you to a title but th they do have the pieces there and if you get the right guy in place at quarterback and you have a new offensive coordinator with Tommy Reese um it's the same capable for sure they have a challenging schedule um but because of that I think it gives them a little you know margin for error that they can lose a game and still get in um Georgia has a super easy schedule this year um and so I don't see Georgia um we had Tony Barnhart Mr. College Football speak at the Alabama Sports Writer association um convention a couple weeks ago and um you know he was talking about the possibility of georgia three-peating and how there's a pretty good chance and i mean their schedule is very favorable alabama's isn't as favorable so but i think we could maybe see a similar situation to two years ago where those teams you know could play twice or both end up in the playoff or something like that um but it's gonna be an interesting year and it's really hard to answer any of the questions about truly what to expect for this team until we know who the quarterback is. But I don't think we're going to know that until after the first game, because I don't think he's going to the depth chart when we get it. I can't remember when we get that. If we get that at the beginning of fall, camp, he, he, it, it sounded like member. I don't know it'll say remember last time, last time, uh, I guess it was this last fall uh, when he handed it out. And I guess as we do, we, we all wrote about it and, and spoke about it and everything. And uh, he kind of came in and said, I don't know if I'm ever going to give you guys a depth chart again. I think he said that, right? Yeah, they they will give one, but <laughs> it'll say or 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 next to quarterback. Right. It won't see it won't say uh and it'll probably say or by a lot of positions. And I doubt we'll be able to go to practice. And even if we are allowed to go to practice, we won't be able to see anything where they're running drills with first or second team or anything like that. And so it's hard to know really what this team's gonna be like until we see who quarterback is. Obviously, A Day was not great for two the two quarterbacks or I mean really Alabama used all four quarterbacks at A Day. Um and no one kind of stood out above the rest. And so then you bring in Buckner from Notre Dame. And so um you know you you would think he doesn't come here just to sit on the bench, but then no one transferred out. So clearly all the guys are still um willing and wanting to compete for the job and think they have a good shot at it. And so it's a full quarterback room, which in a way is a good thing. Uh, you have a lot of options, but um, someone's going to have to rise above and someone will. And I think that the good thing for Alabama fans is you have different options. Um, 
you have Milrow who has a strong arm, who obviously has a lot of skill with his legs um, and can run really well, um, but has maybe kind of struggled with the accuracy. You have Ty Simpson, who's more of your traditional pocket passer. And then, um, you know, Buckner, I honestly haven't, you know, seen a ton of him. And there's not a ton of film on him because he didn't, didn't play a ton at Notre Dame before he got injured. But you have different options at quarterback. And so, um, which is a good thing, but you're going to have to settle on someone. But I don't think we'll know who that is until the first game. So be expecting fans at SEC Media Days and whatever all throughout fall camp. Um, to not be getting any sort of answers from the players or Saban. And actually, we normally do once uh, at the beginning of fall camp. It's the only time of year besides um, postseason where we get to talk to the coordinator. So we should be able to talk to Kevin Steele and uh, Tommy Reese. And so um, it'll be interesting to talk to Reese for the first time and kind of get his thoughts on this team, this program, why he chose to, to leave his alma mater and kind of the personnel he has and kind of maybe what he's looking for at quarterback. Yeah. I mean, you touched on a lot there. I uh, actually, I had that, that little factoid about, um, which I guess it, it didn't take too much in-depth research except just your normal brain. Uh, but this, this would be the first time that Alabama has gone three years in a row without a national championship. So it feels like the pressure's on. You talk about the options at quarterback. Are they good options or are they just options? Um, there's, there's a lot of questions to be answered and it's been a weird off season because it seems like so much has changed. Um, and yet we haven't really gotten too much information on any of it just because it's not been during the season and we don't really, um, in the off season, they kind of keep it low key and shut down over there. And, and we've got two new coordinators. You've got a brand new quarterback coming in. You've got, um, all the stuff that I'm with Tony Mitchell and now he's back on the team and all this stuff that we haven't really had you know, full stories on full coverage on, because we don't really, there hasn't been really an opportunity to have that. So um, it, it's going to be interesting. And it all, it all just starting a month. And uh, I'm, I'm sure there'll be uh, dozens of questions, you know, thrown at Saban about the quarterback stuff and about um, the coordinators and how they're, you know, changing, are they going to be better than, than Golding and O'Brien were, uh, which in their own right, both those coordinators did have some success at Alabama. And, uh, but it, it was time to move on and they, they, they were told to move on and Pete Golden goes to Ole Miss and um, obviously Bill O'Brien's back in the NFL. So it's, it, it's the sport that kind of makes Alabama go round. And um, I know fans are excited, but I, I think, I don't think fans know what they're excited for. You know, it's like, it's going to be a brand new situation um, at Brian Denny stadium on September 2nd, when they open the season against Middle Tennessee state. Um, obviously I, I agree with you with what you said, um, I, I don't think there's going to be a starting quarterback going into that week two matchup with Texas. I, I think that first game against Middle Tennessee State, I expect Jalen Milrow to step out there as the starter. Uh, but I don't think that that means that he's the starter. I think they're going to have some sort of train, like a little tryout during that game, similar to what they did against USC with uh, Jalen Hurts and Blake Barnett and um, like they did with Jake Coker and Cooper Bateman back in 2015 and I mean, it's it because remember Cooper Bateman started that game against Ole Miss that the Rebels eventually won uh, in Tuscaloosa with Chad Kelly and that wild game that it was, and then that was it. Like he came out there, didn't play well, and then after that, never really took a snap again, never really saw the field again for in, anybody. And next thing you know, Jake Coker wins a national championship for Alabama. Whether or not he had help from Derrick Henry is unimportant, 
um, in that defense, but he's a national championship winning quarterback. So we've seen this before, I mean, Katie. Like even last time that we didn't know who Alabama's quarterback was going to be prior to the 2019 season, or was no 2018. Uh, the first game against Louisville, Louisville and Orlando was the iconic. I'm not going to so quit asking from Saban. <laughs> um, either in the post game or halftime, when she that was you know during a game. Are you going to name a quarterback between Tua and Jalen? I think it was um, pregame. Or was it halftime? I don't know. Or was it after I the game? I don't know. I'd have to go back and look at it. I don't. I do remember that night because ESPN does do those, but I feel like it was during the game at some point, either during halftime or after uh, the game was over. Um, but that was the last time there was, we didn't know who the quarterback was going to be because 2019, we knew it would be Tua going in. 2020, there was like a little bit of like, will it be Mac yeah, Jones Mac or and Bryce. Bryce Young? Mm-hmm. But like it, kind of became clear it would be Mac and then you know the next two years it was Bryce and so Saban likes to keep these things close to the vest and we have seen it play out into the season before like you were talking about and so it's since you know this is the second year in a row where Alabama doesn't have um you know one of those big games just to open up the year and they're opening up at home that's right right what was the first game last year uh Utah State yeah um, it kind of does give them the chance to have a little bit of a tryout. And although, I mean, the next week is Texas, so it's yeah. going to be a, you know, more of a wake-up call, but it is at home. And so you do kind of get to break in the, the quarterback again and not as a hostile environment, at least. It will be um, a big stage for sure. Um, but it, it gives them a little time to figure it out. But I, I know all the guys, all the quarterbacks are – since they all stayed um, – they're they're willing to battle out and they they all yeah. think they have a shot at the job. Yeah. I mean, it's I'm glad I brought up Jacob Coker because this just feels it feels similar to 2015 when it's like, okay, I think you've got some other weapons. I mean, you think about our Darius Stewart and, and Calvin Ridley and all those other guys, and obviously Derrick Henry. There was weapons around that position, but that nobody knew what who was going to be in that spot. And I think you have a similar thing this year where you feel pretty good about your receiver room. Obviously, they weren't amazing last year, but they're just all a year older. You got Burton back. You got Brooks back. You got Isaiah Bond and Kendrick Law and all these guys. And there's four running backs, including Justice Haynes, that look like they could, you know, take the ropes and, like, lead this offense. And maybe the O-line is going to be better. I mean, it didn't look like it on A-Day, but it's different because that's two-hand touch. And so what are we expecting? And then you, you follow that up with, hey, now think about who the last quarterbacks have been here before – you know, this season you've had Jalen Hurts, Tua, Matt Jones, and Bryce Young. Those are all four NFL starting quarterbacks right now. And so the bar is so high that it's like if they're not one of the if they're not as good as one of those guys, right. like it's gonna be a disaster. And so um and then I just don't know though. And you've got the, you've got a good defense, I think, like you did in 2015. So I think this year is very similar to that. Um and, and in that year we saw Alabama take a loss early in the season, like I mentioned to Ole Miss. Um, does Alabama lose to Texas week two and then kind of figure out who the quarterback is off of that and end up making a run at a national championship. And it just turns into 2015. I mean, obviously I don't think anybody in this running back room is Derrick Henry. Um, but I don't think the comparison is that off where you feel like you've got the skill players around that position, but you have question marks there. So, um, plenty more to come. There'll be plenty of debating and writing and stories, uh, between now and September 2nd. Uh, but that, that game on September 9th is going to be quite the spectacle um, at Bryant-Denny Stadium when 
you know, Texas comes in, it looks like Quinn Ewers as the quarterback, they're going to have a lot of confidence. They seem to have a really good team this year. Um, and they're going to be looking to shock the world, if you will, in, in Tuscaloosa against a team that might not know who its quarterback is yet. So um, got to be interesting. I mean, and then they go to Tampa next week, the week after that, and that's not really going to be a, a, a challenge, I don't think at all. I think USF went 1-11 last year, but it, it will be fun for me and Katie to get down to Tampa again and um, cover that game. So interesting season to come. Uh, there's going to be a lot more talk about it, I'm sure, between now and then. Uh, but it, it's right around the corner and it's exciting. So uh, that, that's it for the sports stuff on this episode. We've we've kind of touched all the bases we could here um, on June 20th. So, Katie, I want to close it out. I've got a question to you. I mentioned it before the show, but I didn't I didn't want to tell you what it was because I wanted it to kind of be, you know, spot on right in the moment. So you didn't really have as much time to decide about it. So okay. question of the week. We'll call it that, um, even though this may be. We may be recording podcasts farther in between a week down the road here this summer. But my question, Katie, and I will rebute um, after you answer, if you, and I know you can answer this too, because I know that you've been there. If you have three days in Disney World, Katie, just three, and this excludes, you can't, you can't park hop. Okay. So this excludes that. If you have three days, obviously there's four parks, which one gets the ax? Ooh, see, I've got your brain working. I, this is a question that I've started asking like a lot of people. Like, this is like a hey, okay. you go to the bar and you ask like somebody this. I would honestly normally say Epcot, but okay. I've not ridden Guardians of the Galaxy okay. yet. So I'm glad you're and, saying like, this. Everyone's really hyping that up. So I'm like, I would like I want to go now. Like, um, <laughs> we're planning on going. You're welcome to join. Open extending the fish on the podcast to you, not to all our listeners. I mean, y'all can come too, but some of us on the beat are going to go to Disney World the day before the USF game. Um, sweet, but and so that's a one day only thing. So we're trying to figure out what to do and thinking (sighs) at Platinum Magic Kingdom that day. But so if I had to chop one, and I hate to say this because I love Dak, but it would because they took away Primeval. Primeval World, which is one of my favorite rides, Animal Kingdom, it no longer exists. Just a big blank parking lot there, basically. Even though it's not a parking lot, because there's no cars in there, but it's like over in Dino Land, just an empty fairground. Mm-hmm. Two of my favorite rides in all of Walt Disney World are at Animal Kingdom, Flight of Passage, and Everest. Okay, Everest is my but man. I think I would if I couldn't go to one, it would be that because there's just not as much to do there as the others. Like that's like. I, I do go to Animal Kingdom on every trip if I'm going to be there for more like more than one day, but there's so much like I want to do. Obviously, at Magic Kingdom at Epcot, yeah. I want to be able to ride Guardians and Soren, and but really like that's it at Epcot. I'm yeah, that's what huge, I'm saying. Like, that's why this is like, and I World think Showcase I think, is I'm like glad that favorite. you're saying this is because I do think it's down to Animal Kingdom and Epcot. I think you have you have to go to Magic Kingdom. Um, I, I actually went to Disney World. I'm, I kind of thought about this because I went to the Disney World for the first time since 2010 um, in April. And it was just like mind blowing how like amazing it was. And I kind of forgot how like great, even as like really like a grown man now, like it's still like as magical as you like remember it as when you're a kid. And so now I ask this all the time. And I, yeah, I think you have to go to Magic Kingdom. I think Tomorrowland's like my favorite thing ever now. Um, after going back, like everything that's over there, like Space Mountain's always been my favorite. Um, and then even like just everything in Magic Kingdom, you got the shows and um, 
the carousel well, of progress like Loki's like my favorite thing do. ever now the little live action wax figure singing like that like that did it for me and you got the people mover and there's like magic kingdoms you've got everything there and then of course hollywood studios actually when i went there was no rock and roller coaster it was closed for maintenance so that was a little bit of a downer because i remember that being one of my favorites uh but you've got tower of terror and you can't beat that and you can't beat phantasmic at the, at the end of the night um and there's just i mean the frozen show i mean all there's a bunch of stuff there that's just amazing. And then Toy Story Land, Rise of the Resistance. Toy Story Land, dude. Oh, the Star Wars. I didn't even mention that. The Star Wars stuff was great. Yeah. Uh, Toy Story Land, very crowded, but but fun. And the the the, the uh, it it wasn't there when I went last time. The uh, Slinky, Slinky Dog, Dog Ride. Yeah. Went, was great. It was great. And so that those two parks are in. And so you have to make the decision. Um, I went to Animal Kingdom, so that that's why this is a personal experience. I decided Animal Kingdom over Epcot. Um, but now that I'm I'm seeing you know other people say how much fun Epcot is now and the Guardians of the Galaxy rides, which is like my favorite Marvel uh, trilogy ever, and I didn't get to go. So um, that's definitely on the. It's definitely on the. It, that's that makes me want to go. Like if we're gonna do this thing um, in September, I want to go to Epcot now because I feel like I missed out on some stuff. I mean, Epcot is definitely more of like an adult park. Like when I was like, yeah. like a little kid, we skipped Epcot all the time. Also, though, when I was little. I mean, Frozen didn't exist when I was little, but so there was definitely a Frozen ride. Ratatouille just opened like this past year. So like when I was little, there was barely anything for little kids to do in Epcot. And the World Showcase is just not that exciting, in my opinion, for little kids. Um, It's a little more exciting for adults. And there's obviously the drinking around the world. But like that's not like I'll have like one or two drinks. That's about it. And I'm not going to spend like $20 on a drink like 10 times around the world. <laughs> right. So um, if I had to cut one, though, because like. Epcot does have now Guardians and Test Track and Soren and Ride Tui. Um but then like Animal Kingdom. Man, but the Animal Kingdom's got the stuff though. It's Flight got the passage, Tree of Life and it's got Everest, the Avatar. The Everest was King one of the great show. rides. Flight the Lion King show. I'm glad you brought that up because that was like my favorite part of Animal Kingdom that day. I forgot yeah. like some of those shows, like the talent that those people have that are part of that, that do that like all day, every day. And it's just like each time though every there's like no like days off no shows off they go out well, there every single people. time like there's it's not the same cast every single show okay okay well that <laughs> that ruins it for me a little bit but because <laughs> i do the show like seven times a day like seven days a week oh yeah yeah, but... yeah oh yeah for sure but yeah just oh. animal kingdom's got and it's got the safari and it's kind of got the zoo element to yeah. it which makes it because i'm a big zoo really guy animals. so that makes it fun there's just not as much overall it's like if i had to cut one if they still had Primeval World, which was like, I don't know if you remember that. It was like the spinning roller coaster um, over by like the arcade games in Dinoland. I would I would definitely cut Epcot. And like, two, I went to Disney World and last summer for the first time in five years. And before that, I definitely would have cut Epcot. But yeah. if I had to cut one long convoluted answer i guess it would be animal kingdom which makes me sad because mm. flight of passage i think is my favorite ride at disney world yeah see i like i liked that a lot i wrote it twice um I'm but i haven't written guardians or as as tron like, yet so even though oh, guardians- i did try i did tron at magic kingdom that was that was cool it's very short but like and, and right now there's like no line though so you like at the beginning of the day you put your name in this queue the and they just give queue. yeah, they give yeah. you a time. Hey, come to the Tron ride at this time. And when it's your time, you go there and there's no wait. Like you're there and you're in. But eventually that's obviously gonna change. 
Um, when more and more people want to write it, they're going to just open up the lines and it'll take three hours to write it. But at this time, it, it's a good, it's a good setup. So um, more Disney world talk on the way. Uh, our, our zoom time is running out as we are both poor non premium zoom member zoom uh, owners. So we have the 40 minute um, and we don't have Joey Blackwell's uh, unlimited zoom time anymore. So um yeah, this was this was fun, Katie. I mean, this is not going to be something we probably do every week for the rest of the summer, but it, it will be something we do once, probably once a week, once football season and everything starts get going again. Uh, but as the time is winding down, this was fun. Um, we'll, we'll be in contact with you guys at some point. Not going to put a date on it, but there will be another podcast in the next few weeks, I will say. So um, for Katie Wyndham... I'm Austin Hannon. This has been the All Things Bama podcast. Down to two people now here on the Bama Central Broadcast Network. Thanks for listening.